This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got the founder and chairman of Vocal Awareness Institute, Arthur Samuel Joseph. Welcome to the show, Arthur. Oh, Michael, it's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you here. Um, you do some amazing, amazing work. Um, and you know some of the things that I've seen that you do, um, obviously, and we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more, um, is you really help people with, with their voice and techniques and, and all the nuances of things that a lot of us you know, don't necessarily think about when we're, we're talking or speaking or presenting. And you know, obviously, we'll dive into some of the awesome people you've worked with. But what drove you to to launch this business? What was what was the history behind it? And you know, what are some of the great things that you've done since uh, deciding, hey, I, I need to do this? Well, this has been my professional life. I created Vocal Awareness 54 years ago, and I have a master's in voice. I'm a classical singer in my training, but. I, this has been my life's work. It began with singing, but then simply kept morphing. And I don't advertise. It's simply all in word of mouth. And going, it's just, it's phenomenal what I've been privileged to do. And you see my client list, it's quite substantial, very, it's quite varied. And I teach empowerment through voice. I teach mastery through communication, but I also teach communication mastery. And so many elements of the work are now trademarked, which pleases me because it's recognized as original thought. You get to keep this. And vocal awareness is a paradigm shift in communication, whether I'm teaching the actors that you know I teach or the corporate executives that I teach, the singers, the broadcasters, it's all the same work. It's vocal awareness, empowerment through voice. Yeah, the the list of people that you've helped um, over your career, you know, and these are names that people will recognize: Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, Stephen Covey, uh, a ton of NFLers such as Jerry Rice, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, you, you name it, and, and you know, larger or large organizations, Ernst and Young. So name it, you, you've dealt with a variety of different people, different personalities, different gifts. And what are some of the things that you discovered when you're working with these people? Because each one of them are incredibly gifted in their own skills, you know, whatever, if they're an actor or a professional football player or somebody like Tony Robbins, who's eight feet tall and just... I mean, if we could somehow tap into the energy source that that human being generates, I don't think we'd ever have to pay a utility bill, any of us across the planet, because the man is just absolutely, it, it's amazing. I mean, just you, you watch his videos and all of a sudden you're like, where'd that energy boost come from? And it can be, I'll be honest with you, it can be on mute and you still get it. It's the weirdest thing. But you know, what, are some, what are some of the things that, uh, you know, that a lot of these people um, come to you with? It's a, it's a very thoughtful question. When I was writing a Hall of Fame speech for one of my NFL uh, students a couple of years ago, I looked up the word champion. And the root of the word champion is not a sports-centric term. It literally means dazzlingly skilled in any field. 
And I teach mastery. Every elite artist I teach, every elite athlete, in their skill set, they are in mastery. They are true champions. And the common theme in all of these people is the commitment to excellence, the commitment to doing whatever it takes. But that being said, you know, Marshall Falk in the backfield wasn't hoping his teammates approved. He's totally self-focused on executing. That performer on the stage doesn't think, gee, I hope the audience likes me. They're only in their art, completely self-focused. So the point I'm in, that I'm in part making to become a great champion, to be in mastery and a skill set requires one to be audacious. Now that word means bold, fearlessly daring, courageous, intrepid, doing whatever it takes to not just do one's best, but to be one's best. And so when these individuals, you know, I'm so honored that Commissioner Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, wrote the foreword for my last book, because he's such an integral man. And to have his name there means a great deal because he too is a champion who does whatever it takes. So the common theme here is a that. Two, in one's desire to be and do their best, the mastery lies in the subtlety. When you're playing golf, playing tennis, your grip is a 64th of an inch off or the toss is not high enough, whatever it might be, we know the result. We know that in sport, but we don't know that in communication. So right now I'm taking my work out. I'm not in vocal awareness at all. I'm just speaking to you, just you know, saying, Michael, it's really a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me on, versus, Michael, it is a real pleasure to be with you today. Thank you very much for having me on. Now, we don't know why the first one felt disingenuous. We just know it was inauthentic. We didn't realize that my pitch was too high or I spoke too fast. All we got is untrustworthy. We didn't realize the second one I simply breathed slowed down and my voice opened up, my pitch was lower. All we got is that man is more genuine. So the challenge here in arts and in the arts and athletics, we recognize outcome. If I don't toss the ball right, if I don't do this here, we see it immediately. But because speech is habit, Michael, no one has ever thought about any of these things before vocal awareness. So my clients all learn that it's not just a breath, it's the quality of the breath. We learn that it's not just sitting up straight, it's embodying ourselves in stature. Dot, dot, dot. I obviously don't come up for air, but this isn't my show, it is yours. So let me do just that. And am I making sense in addressing your questions? Oh, most definitely. And it, it brought awareness to myself. On, on things that I say and present, especially in this 
format of you know, podcast interviews, but also in communicating with clients, with family, with friends in this world that we, and, and I'm getting the words for this, we're in such an instantaneous type of world where people are so used to getting things instantly and whether it's ordering their food or having it delivered or social media or Google to be able to look up something within seconds where, you know, my generation, you know, we remember going to the library and researching things <laughs> and, and, you know, the Dewey decimal system and, and all of that fun stuff. But the thing is, I think sometimes, and, and you, you, you highlighted this well with the communication and how we talk about something and, and talking with people, you know, doing it from a, a place of just being present and being there and not saying, welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. This is Michael Levitt. That, you, know, you know, that's a script. And, but to genuinely welcome people and say, I'm really happy that we're having this conversation today. And the reason why is because I know people that are listening to this, I trust that it's going to resonate with them like it has with me just in the first few minutes of our chat on being a little bit more aware of the power of what we say and and being aware of it to really hone uh, the mastery of what we do. And if we can do that, it's going to make a huge shift in the work that we do, how we impact people, just everything that we touch. May I interject? By all means. Tony Robbins would refer to my seven rituals as pattern interrupts. He would say to create a new pattern, we have to exaggerate behavior to establish, to break an old one. So because speech is habit, in the technique of this work, we're actually creating new neural pathways. We're rewiring this fluid system. So we know that the batter climbing into the box has rituals. We know before you move to the baseline or the free throw line or walk out on stage, there is a ritual. But we don't use rituals in life. We just walk in and put up a PowerPoint presentation, for example. But what I'm teaching here is conscious awareness, not just consciousness, but awareness of that consciousness. I'm tuned in 360 to the best of my ability. Because I'm teaching here, Michael, that it's not just what we say, it's how we say it. It's not just the message, but the messenger. Because we're on the cusp of literally losing the art of public discourse. But voice is power. My vision is to change the world through voice. We're in our global community, certainly in America where I live, we're in the most dangerous time in our country since World War II. And, and we've elected an individual because we've abdicated responsibility and it's not a political statement, it's a reality check, who communicates in a way that does not reflect us well, morally, ethically, 
or as a leader in other ways. But we allowed it to happen. And so now I'm doing the movie Network and I'm traveling all over the world saying, I'm mad as hell and I don't want to take it anymore. Because we have a responsibility here, but it begins with being first responsible to ourselves. And when we speak to someone, look them in the eye. Because it literally will change the sound of your voice. Slow down because it is more respectful. Don't just convey data. I have a young student who's 30. She works for actually one of my clients is a venture capitalist out of Silicon Valley. And when she first studied with me, I, about 70% of my work is in virtual around the world. She, I saw her CV and recognized that she worked for one of the companies that my client founded. And she's a very smart, ambitious woman. And working in a company with a lot of other very smart, ambitious young people. But I asked her rhetorically the other day in a Zoom lesson, how do you create your distinction? What makes you compelling? So that you don't blend into the white noise of with all the other people climbing the same corporate ladder. Well, one of the ways to do that is through the way we communicate. It's crucial. It's crucial. No, I agree. So, I, how, where would you like to go next? I can give you a couple of exercises. I can, answer any questions what would you like to do to really yeah 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 definitely yeah definitely a couple exercises would be good i think that would just to give them a a bit of a you know a taste test of of you know what this work looks like in a way that they can really stand out and i agree with you you know there's there's tons and tons of people that are in the same space as many of us in our, our fields and to stand out um, everybody's trying all these different things that aren't quite frankly making you stand out at all. But if you have a warm, trusting conversation with somebody, and I love the fact how you, you mentioned, you know, just don't spew out numbers, but you know, talk about you know, why these numbers matter. You know, and this could be in a corporate space when you're talking about expansion opportunities or potentially readjustments of how the organization is. But explaining to him the reason why we're winding down this operation, but we're going to expand another is these are the numbers. Here's how we came to these numbers. Here's what we see is going to happen. And what that does is it it gives people that are on the receiving end of this news, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, more insight as to how we approached it instead of just saying, well, department's down 25%. We're going to wind it down. We're going to move all the resources over to engineering. Okay, well, there's 18,000 questions that they may have, but if you present it to them in such a way that they feel that they've had their concerns addressed, it just makes things easier for everybody, and it makes it a more wholesome organization and you know, stronger workplace culture, you name it. So, Henry, excuse me, Michael, please give me one sentence 
that rep what are two sentences that represent your work and memorize them. <clears throat> two sentences. Okay. Uh, I, I work with people uh, to help them reduce their stress and prevent burnout so they can focus on what really matters most. Great. Can you write that sentence down, please? Mm -hmm. Okay. I have written it down. Would you please read it? I work with people to help them reduce stress and prevent burnout so that they can focus on what really matters most. Great. Circle the period at the end of the sentence, please. Mm -hmm. Underline the word burnout, mm -hmm. comma, check mark above the line. What's the phrase after burnout? So that. So that what? So that they can focus on what really matters most. So that they can underline the F and focus and put mm -hmm. an accent over the O. Mm -hmm. Underline really matters most, exclamation point instead of period. Put an accent on the E in really, an accent on the A in matters, an accent on the O in most. At the beginning of the sentence, write C-L-B. I'll explain it in a moment. C-L-B, okay. At the top of the page, put an S. I'll explain that in a moment. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom, write, I am extraordinary. And underline the word extraordinary, please. Okay. There is an offering that you were sent by my team. That's correct. Visual Voice Pro. And I offer it to your listeners at a 50% discount. And we're about to experience what that is. I make voice visual. I'm a singer. I look at words and... They tell me, I look at music and they tell me everything to do. We look at words and they're just words, whether extemporaneous or prepared remarks. But what we're going to learn now is how to make those words visual, conveying the emotion of what you're saying as strategically as possible. So the S stands for stature. Embody a man of stature and pull a thread literally with your hand from three inches below your navel, Michael, right up to the middle of your head. Slow and gentle. Slow and deep. More, more. And did you notice the first thing you did, Michael, was inhale? Mm-hmm. And notice your chest is open and your core is more engaged. So stature is preparation for everything we do. Now, forget about stature for a moment, Michael, and sit at attention, please. Sit up straight. And you notice you hold your breath. Mm -hmm. Stature is not presentation. Stature is claiming something about ourselves. Connected to the integrity of being who we are. So put yourself back in stature. And then take a nice deep top of the morning breath, Michael. It's great to be alive. And then exhale. 
and exhale. And now, Michael, please allow a slow, silent, loving breath, totally silent and very slow. Don't take allow, it will take five seconds. Allow it deeper, 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 and exhale. And notice your chest didn't rise, your ribcage expanded. Mm -hmm. And notice your internal and external space are quieted. You're actually more relaxed. Do you notice that? Definitely. So a breath is not only physical, it's also emotional. And it's one of the ways we change states, that pattern interrupt. So now we have stature and we have our conscious loving breath, the CLB. Then in vocal awareness, we create a persona statement. The root of the word persona is a root, the root word is through the sound. An opinion, you touched on it a moment ago, instantaneous. An opinion is instantaneous. Perception, reality, doesn't matter what's truth, merely what we perceive it to be. So the persona statement has two parts. You answer the question, how, would I, how do I believe I'm presently perceived? The second question one answers is, how would I ideally like to be known? Wow, I actually have a choice? I didn't even know that. For you see, we don't realize how much work it takes, Michael, to be ourselves while others watch. So when I spoke about the champion, through the persona statement, through what's on that paper, we're going to learn how to claim who we are without approbation, without permission. From whom? So I teach that everything in life revolves only around two things, to choose to do something or to choose not to. Even in abdication, I made a choice by walking away. The people we alluded to in the beginning made very empowering choices. They were willing to pay that price because everything cost something. They just decided which price they were choosing to pay to achieve their success, to fulfill their vision. So the root of the word persona literally means through the sound. One's identity is largely conveyed to the sound of a voice. So I wrote, asked you to write, I am extraordinary as one aspect of how I already in these few moments recognize you feel about yourself. Then those words, let me hear the sentence so I can memorize it again, please. You don't have to read the marks. Let me just hear it and I'll interpret the marks. Sure. I help people reduce stress and prevent burnout so they can focus on what really matters most. I help people reduce stress so they can prevent burnout and do what matters most. I, I messed it up, but let me do it again. Mm -hmm. I still have to paraphrase it. I apologize. That's quite all right. I, li I like the shorter version. That's good. <laughs> I help people release stress so they can actually focus on to. I help people reduce stress to help them avoid burnout. 
so they can actually focus on what matters most. Does it sound like it's my truth and not yours? It sounds like yeah, it, 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 it sounds, you know, it sounds like, you know, it's from you, um, yeah. but it also, it resonates with me um, yeah. because it's, because it, it gets to the point and, you know, when you use the word, like, for example, actually. Yes, I use uh, that a lot in communication because it yeah. personalizes the narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is one of those things where in this world, and you alluded to it a few minutes ago about uh, the the current U.S. president and, and all the things that that provides, um, there's a sense with people, and this is just my observation, because I'm, I'm American, you know, I live in Canada, but, you know, so I'm well aware of uh, what's going on back home. Uh, people, I sense, are starving for what is actually true. And there's genuine. so much genuine. And genuine, yeah, genuinely true. When I'm, I'm interrupting for one sec, when, when President Kennedy was assassinated, I'm, I'm 70, going to be 74 in a few months. I clearly was around. And America, no matter what network, virtually all of America tuned in to Walter Cronkite, who was the anchor on CBS at the time. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Dallas and visit something called the Sixth Floor Museum, which is the assassination site, you... Have a, they have a video of Walter Cronkite delivering the news because he, at that point, was the most trustworthy voice. We don't have that anymore in 24-hour news cycles. So we create opportunities. We have an opportunity now in our own worlds to convey from an empowered place so that everyone we touch experiences genuinely who we are because then in turn it will make them, I call the word is actually ennobling, it ennobles them because through our embodiment, they see their possibility. And so I would love, because I know I probably already overstayed my welcome in our allotted time, but I would appreciate if you'd care to read that embodying the work that I've been sharing this morning. Almost definitely. So read, you know, read the, the thing, the, the quote that you just gave me or the. No, the one that you wrote. Okay, sure. Yeah, the one that I wrote. Yeah, it was. You know, first, you put yourself in stature. Yep. Then you have a conscious, loving breath, embodying the significant man you are in three, two, begin. I help people reduce stress and prevent burnout so that they can actually focus on what really matters most. Wasn't that nice? It, it flowed like a violin. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, it, it's just that, wow, yeah, wow. And so the root of the word intimate is an Etruscan Latin root word. It means intrinsic or essential. Sociologists have fed us as empty bill of goods for generations. The greatest fear in society is public speaking. 
totally bogus. The greatest fear, however, in society are actually two fears, fear of abandonment and ownership of my power. Claiming who I am is what it's all about without fear of what you think of me while I'm doing it. We just experienced you being you, not presenting you. And the intimacy of your narrative was very compelling. And you just read the marks on a piece of paper shared to you by a stranger a half an hour ago. Pretty cool stuff. It, it's absolutely amazing and um, life-changing, quite frankly. I, 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 so audience, I highly encourage you reach out to, to Arthur. Um, I'll have all the links in the show notes, but you know, Arthur, uh, tell people where they can find out more about you and this absolutely incredible work that you do. You're so kind. My website is vocalawareness.com. Should anyone choose to write me, they write to support at vocalawareness.com and all emails are forwarded to me and I personally answer all emails. And this, I, I do a great number of podcasts, Michael. This one has been particularly moving and I appreciate your integrity and the root of the word integrity and integration have the same meaning. They mean wholeness. So I appreciate you being who you are and allowing me to teach. Thank you so much for the time. Oh, it, it has been my pleasure. And I thank you for, for you know, this time. And it's, it's definitely you know, made an impact on me. And I, I, I trust it will you know, make a, a positive impact on, on the listeners of the show. So, Arthur, thank you again very much. Happy day. Happy day. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.